From the stock market floor to your laptop, we are Voice America Business. Welcome to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers. Leaders are the heartbeat of any organization. Let Drs. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler show you what it takes to become a top 10% performer in your organization. Now, here are your hosts, Dr. Greenberg and Dr. Nadler. Welcome to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers. I'm Dr. Relly Nadler, and we have my co-host, Dr. Kathy Greenberg, on the phone. And we are your leadership development coaches. Between Kathy and I, we have helped thousands of leaders and executives to perform in the top 10%. And today's show, we have Jen Groover on innovation in some of her entrepreneurship uh, endeavors. And let me tell you a little bit about uh, Jen here. She's been tagged by Success Magazine as a one-woman brand and creativity and innovation guru, a leading serial entrepreneur by Entrepreneur Magazine, having drawn comparisons to Walt Disney and Benjamin Franklin. So that's pretty impressive. Jen's name has quickly become synonymous with innovation, entrepreneurship, and evolution. And so we'll try to pick her brain about how she comes up with some of these ideas and and what she's up to. This concept and product development expert has not only masterminded and built her own companies, but she has also assisted in the launch of over 50 other companies and in the process taken on more roles than a Shakespeare theater. She has gone from guest hosting spots on QVC to linking deals with some of the industry's biggest names and heavyweights. She will be a keynote at the Pennsylvania Commission for Women beginning September 17th. And that's actually the Pennsylvania Governor's Conference for Women, which is sponsored by the Pennsylvania Commission for Women. Great. And so we'll save some of this, uh, the rest of some of the bio, Kathy, uh, when you introduce her. But, you know, between Kathy and I, we want to bring you the best in current leadership topics, interviews with proven leaders, and provide evidence-based best practices to help you develop more leaders in your organization. And, Kathy, welcome to the call. Thanks, Relly. Uh, this has been an, uh, a really exciting opportunity um, for me to be a part of the uh, Pennsylvania Governor's Conference for Women to help present uh, some of the speakers that are going to be at the event and uh, and keep them, if you will, kind of top of mind. And, and, and Jen is, is one of those wonderful speakers who I think you're going to learn a lot from uh, in a very short period of time during today's show. And as you know, Relly and I are uh, always trying to help you uh, as leaders in the market understand what you can do to not only make yourself a better leader, but to really help improve all the leaders that you influence by doing just a few things differently. In every one of our shows, we try very hard to bring you something about developing more leaders in your organization through happy companies and the performance that happy companies can share in the marketplace and the the samples of information that we have, uh, obviously, in all of our shows, are also focused on things like emotional intelligence and positive psychology strategies that you can use easily. And, um, you know, we we love to share anything about work-life balance, brain and neuroscience contributions to top performance, and, of course, strategies for managing yourself and your boss. And today we're going to talk about something that's a little bit different, which is entrepreneurship. What are the skills 
and some of the strategies you might think about to become an entrepreneur and what does that mean. So I'm very excited about today's show, Relly. but before we bring Jen Groover on, can you tell us a little bit more about the science behind leadership? So part of the evidence base and the science that Kathy and I like to, to bring about is that in the leadership field, it's not just uh, soft and fuzzy. There's really some hard facts. And one of the things that we've seen from study after study is that leaders have 50 to 70% influence over the climate of their team. The leader is the emotional thermostat for the team. And so they are the most contagious person, and hopefully it's in a positive direction for the team. And the goal is to try to get you and your uh, direct reports to be in the top 10%. And if someone is in the top 10%, it's a really a tipping point where leaders in the top 10% produce twice as much revenue to the organization as managers through the 11th and the 89th percentile. And the further you go up in, in the organization, the more you leave some of your technical expertise and your IQ, and the more you need some of these emotional intelligence competencies. And if you have training in your organization, we know that's effective usually about a 22% increase in productivity. If you add on top of that to coaching, individual coaching where you can hone down the skills and the application, then that can add to the productivity of an individual as much as 88%. And the way to do it is to take some of these micro-initiatives, small things that we may hear today from Jen that can create a macro impact. And we also know that you can create these coaching networks within your organization where you train individuals around leadership and coaching. And that studies show that happiness is tied to profit by more than 93%. This comes from some of Kathy's work. So, Kathy, you want to tell us uh, a little bit more uh, about Jen? And maybe just before we do that, I do want to mention our websites and you can get more information from Kathy at www.h2cleadership.com for her happiness books, tools, speaking keynotes, leadership, and coaching services. And if you want more information from me, that's www.truenorthleadership for emotional intelligence, free assessments, some speaking keynotes, leadership, and coaching boot camps. Well, I know we have a lot uh, about Jen here, but maybe we can highlight just some of her background. Yeah, I think, um, you know, I'm looking at a... Um a four-page uh, outline of, of Jen's history and all of her exciting successes in the marketplace. So, so Jen, as we go through your, um, your interview today to talk about leadership and entrepreneurship, uh, you might want to add some of these uh, wonderful tidbits about the things that you're doing on branding. But I, I just want to talk a little bit about uh, some of these, and um, I just I find the whole thing so fascinating. I guess it, it was your um, your innovative handbag company, the award-winning Butler Bag Company, Jen, which launched just over two years ago and is now being tracked as one of the fastest-growing handbag brands in history that really catapulted you into this spotlight. But I certainly don't want our listeners to make the mistake of assuming that your, you know, your experience and, and your appeal, obviously, are, are not just focused on the fashion industry, I guess with a very sharp, relevant, and, and vast breadth of knowledge on everything from business issues to education to government policy, and certainly with uh, a natural and, and energetic um, on-air presence, which I've, I've experienced myself personally. Um, Jen is a progressive force to be reckoned with in the marketplace. She's uh, Boy, she has already become a regularly featured business and lifestyle expert for such programs as Fox News, 
The Strategy Room, ABC's Money Matters, CBS Early Show, CNBC's The Big Idea with Donnie Deutsch, and Meredith Corporation's Better TV. Um, obviously, you know, a great example of Jen's broad scope of vision and appeal can be found in her signing of a major licensing deal with the brand management company behind um, Itzhak Mizrahi's Target line. And I think all of, all of us that, that shop at Target are familiar with that. And this is uh, a move that will allow her butler bag, um, you know, inspired complete lifestyle brand of products to brand out on a scale uh, that we haven't seen before to a degree that only the world's top designers have enjoyed. Uh, she has been featured in hundreds of media outlets, including O, the Oprah Magazine Red Book, Us Weekly, People, Success, and Entrepreneur. And her products can be found all over the nation at various retailers, big and small, and obviously on primetime QVC. Jen, we're going to talk a lot about your diverse experience, your obvious, unique perspective, um, your knowledge that enables you to help relate and motivate and inspire people from all over the world and very obviously from various backgrounds and demographics to uh, to really become um, the sought-after speaker uh, and the author that you are now known to be. And we're so excited to have you on the show, and I, I look forward to seeing you at the Pennsylvania Governor's Conference for Women. Thank you. I'm excited to see you again there, and it's always an amazing event that's so empowering and so inspiring, and um, I'm always happy to be part of the conference. Now, uh, you have um, a blog, and I just want to make sure our, our listeners uh, get it now, and we'll, we'll say it again later, but it's www.whatifandwhynot.com. Right. That's one of them. Um, there's a lot of content people can find also at launcherscafe.com. And I also write for the Huffington Post, on the topics of small business uh, with a fusion of technical information and a fusion with inspiration and motivation and some psychological insight to the world of entrepreneurism. And um, right now I'm actually working on um, a post that's going to be in the next day or so that's you know about adversity and how we handle it and what we can learn from it and what are the best things to do and the best techniques to use when we're faced with it. And I think, you know, in the past year and a half, small business owners and big, large business owners, everybody across the board has really been faced with adversity. And so, um, you know, I'm really talking about why adversity as a small business owner is actually uh, what the benefits are. And there, there are quite a few benefits from it. Fabulous. So, Jenna, um, we like to kind of – hear about the adversity topic, but usually what we want to do is just start off with, and then maybe we can kind of cycle back to that, because I think our listeners will be interested in, you know, top tips on dealing with adversity. Uh, maybe you can tell us a little bit about just kind of your background and then really about some of the key influences, you know, the people in your life that have allowed you to be such an entrepreneur and a leader. Sure. I think um, my mom was a huge influence for me. Uh, my mom was definitely a woman ahead of her time. She ran political campaigns. Uh, she had a TV show with Cablevision when Cablevision first started that was about current events and current affairs. And um, I was a kid commentator. Wow. For her, yeah. I was on the street asking kids questions about <laughs> different current events and politic topics and um, political topics. And, um, you know, it's funny being said that it was actually... Uh, 
an interesting experience for me because once I got to school and kids started seeing me on TV, kids made fun of me in my class, whether it was what I was wearing or what I said or how my hair was, just the way kids could be. And I actually quit. And I never wanted to be on television ever again. (laughs) And I wasn't on television again until I think I was 29. Um, And, you know, it's something that I... I really feared, and I feared the ridicule. I feared failure, as we all do. And, um, you know, I heard my mom's voice in my head saying, if you're not uncomfortable today, you didn't grow today. Mm. And I kind of knew that all of the different things I wanted to achieve in my life would be easier to achieve if I would just face this fear. And it was exhilarating the first time I went back onto TV. It was on QVC live in front of, it could be, you know, 10, 15 million people at any given moment. And um, <laughs> I just went head on. I didn't tell anyone that I knew that I was going to go on and uh, just did it. And it was exhilarating, and it truly changed my life. And, you know, I have to tell your, your listeners, whatever you fear, do it, because you will never be the same person ever again. And every day... Big or small, I look at look for things that I fear doing so that once I do them, I know I've grown. And my confidence level, my self-worth, my ability to um, to achieve new things and to go to new places, it's kind of like my, my quote today on my status update on Facebook was, um, you know, if, if you want to um, face what's possible, you have to go for what you think is impossible. And, you know, every day I look for what's impossible. Um, right out of college, I was in the fitness industry. I was a national-level fitness competitor. I, was a, um, I worked for Reebok on the aerobics performance team and competed in the U.S. National Aerobics Championship in the Galaxy Fitness Competition, and I owned a gym. And I was in a totally different career than I am right now in many ways. Um, motivational speaking was, was very similar, but... Um, you know, I had gotten ill from overtraining and overworking uh, for too long at a very young age. And um, I just, I, I knew that there had to be something more for my life. Yeah, Jen, I'm going to ask you to just pause on that right there because okay. that's a whole new episode of Thought. And we're going to go to a quick break and come back and we'll talk more about that in particular. This is Leadership Development News, so come right back. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and and influence so you and your team perform better. What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? How do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books, and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. 
Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50 to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Dr. Greenberg, co-author of What Happy Companies Know and What Happy Women Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the happiness equals profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical training for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy herself is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group training, and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch her at the Governor's Conference for Women Nationally and as spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America throughout 2009 for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results. To learn more about adding Kathy and Happy Company's healthy people to your team, visit Kathy at h2cleadership.com. That's h2cleadership.com. Homeowners, real estate investors, bankers, listen up and tune in to Finance, Foreclosures, and Foresight, the show that breaks it all down and gives it to you straight. Are you at risk of foreclosure? Interested in buying a foreclosed property? Mark Bull has the answers to the questions you might forget to ask. Finance, Foreclosures, and Foresight broadcast live on the Voice America Business Channel, Monday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific. You can't afford not to tune in. The Internet's only all-business and financial radio network, Voice America Business. You're listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Drs. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions that you're just dying to ask, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. Profiles and practices of top performers. We're talking with the top performer here, Jen Groover. And what I especially like what you just said before the break, Jen, it sounds like when we all come to these crossroads, and if, if fear is one of the crossroads or one of the turns that you could take, that you take that turn. And it sounds like regularly you've taken that turn, and it's allowed you to open up into a, a lot of the, the uh, endeavors that you're doing now. So before the break, you were talking about this uh, going from the fitness and into the, whatever this next turn was. So maybe we can jump back into there. Sure. When I um, had started, I, I was overtraining and overworking in my fitness industry, and I, my kidneys and liver and heart started shutting down. Mm. Um, I was only 26, 27 years old, and I had 20 employees and corporate accounts and a lot of people counting on me for a very young age. And um, I really had to have a huge moment of self-reflection and who I was and where I was going and what I wanted to be in my next life, which is, you know, something I most people at my age were just getting started. And I knew I couldn't keep doing that, so I really realized at that point in time my favorite thing to do wasn't so much the fitness, but it was inspiring and motivating people. And a lot of my clients at the time had said to me, you know, Jen, you got you started a business right out of college. Please teach me how to do it. And so I would do that for fun with them during their training sessions. And some of their companies would start to, 
evolve and grow into formidable companies and some very successful companies. And I realized at the time my true gift was creating ideas and taking those ideas to give them life and inspiring other people to run with those ideas as well. And um, at that time, you know, I helped launch um, over 50 other companies and a lot of them on QVC. And I also um, sat at the feet of many intellectual property gurus because what I learned and that, as I mentioned, is my one of my real gifts was ideas, coming up with ideas. But we're not taught in school that ideas actually have value. And I really needed to learn how to take my idea and, and value it to make money off of it, if that was my gift. And so I sat at the feet of, of many people who are very successful in the intellectual property world and learned everything that I possibly could learn from them and realized that... Um, my my gift to give the world was to help other people take their ideas forward as well. And when I was then helping launch these companies at QVC, I always knew I had my ideas and my journal full of ideas. I was waiting for that Post-it Note Theory product, meaning a product that I knew had universal um, ability to actually really make millions of dollars. I didn't want something that was going to just make some money. I wanted it to be big. I wanted it to be huge. And so when I had created the Butler Bag Company, I knew that would be my springboard company because it had everything that encompasses the Post-it Note Theory, which means is if you can show somebody something and not even have to describe it, just show it to them, and they look at it and say, oh, my gosh, why didn't I think of that? Or come on, somebody else had to have already thought of that? Then you have a winning product. And if it's something that changes somebody's ease of lifestyle, it's a winning product. And so um, universally changing, changing ease of lifestyle. So when I launched the Butler Bag Company, I really knew that that was going to not just be my only thing, but the springboard for all of these other ideas. And... Um, when I launched, I knew nothing about the fashion industry at all. I didn't know how to get anything manufactured. I did not even know the differences between leathers and sourcing of overseas and the cost or how to set up accounts at, at boutiques. I, I really genuinely knew nothing. All I had was the passion and the desire to, to do something with this idea and share it with women and, and eventually men all over the world. And that's really what drove me. And I just learned as I went, made many mistakes. Um, those mistakes I will never make again. But I definitely um, believe that so many people have ideas and they always hold back because they're afraid of failing. And they think that if they could just educate themselves a little bit more or you know, if they come up with an idea, they think they have to have a degree in engineering in order to get this done. You just have to do, and you just have to learn to ask people for help along the way. You have to trust in people. You have to believe that um, that that passion really supersedes any sense of knowledge, and wisdom is what you really need. And, and wisdom, doesn't doesn't that um, show up in uh, the video clip you have about how you originated the butler bag? Absolutely. I mean, you uh, were you were uh, maybe you can tell your story a little bit. You were uh, a mom with uh, with kids, and new, you just yeah. saw something that was needed. 
Right. I was a mom with newborn twins. Um, my life was crazier than it had ever been in my entire life. And um, I would be standing in line in grocery stores with kids screaming <laughs> behind me in their little car seats and holding up a line full of people and digging for my credit card and my keys and panicking. And I kept thinking, how are we as women who demand excellence in so much allowing a bucket for our back? We li- it's a bucket that we just throw things in and dump it out when we need it. And I, I planted that seed for myself that I can't believe no one has innovated handbags at this point. And there were some things coming to market, some little purse pocket type things, and I tried them all, and I kept thinking, there's, got, there's still got to be a better way. And one night, six months later, after this original seed was planted, I was unloading my dishwasher. I had the bird's eye view of the knives, forks, and spoons standing up straight in the dishwasher utensil tray. And I thought to myself, this is how I want everything in my handbag to be, standing up straight so that I have a bird's eye view. Literally took the dishwasher tray out of the dishwasher, stuck it into the bag I was using at the time, put all my stuff in it, and I had that eureka, aha moment that we all look for. And, and the real lesson of all that is ideas are everywhere. Opportunity is everywhere. It's just about having your heart and your eyes open to see it and to often bring two existing products together to create something new, usually creates something very special and different. And like I said earlier, the Post-it note theory, um, you know, is basically a little piece of paper and a special tacky uh, glue that was come up with. And um, there there are ideas everywhere, and people think that it has to be, often has to be earth-shattering to succeed. And the reality is most, Often it's not the the earth-shattering ideas, but the simple ones that really do well. But, the you know, the real fundamental of taking an idea and bringing it to market is about branding and not about selling. And that's where I think a lot of entrepreneurs struggle when they're launching something is they think that they're selling something. And the reality is you're branding it. And branding is about having a message and a point of differentiation of who you are and what your message is, and a problem solution usually. what You're providing a solution or an education on some, something for somebody. And branding allows you to get that message out, and then with that message, other people will, will share your message. When you're trying to sell something, it, it doesn't give people inspiration to take what you've given them and carry it onward. And and that's where people struggle. A lot of entrepreneurs say, I have a great idea, but I don't know how to sell. Never sell. If you ever are selling, you're not doing the right thing. It's really about sharing your inspiration with other people, sharing your message and, and sharing your, your stories of how you got to where you were or how you came up with the idea. And that's what I did when I launched the Butler Bag Company. I just told everybody what I did. I took a dishwasher tray out of a dishwasher, stuck it in my bag, and the media went crazy with it because it was like, hey, check out this crazy new mom and what she did, and it actually is working. That's great. Well, so you kind of alluded to this, but then it sounds like you've taken that, that, uh, the Butler Bag and that, that experience and helped a lot of other organizations. So say a little bit about this Launcher's Cafe because uh, it sounds like that's what you're doing is allowing your uh, expertise to help others. Right, absolutely. Just so that the listeners understand, too, 
um, how one idea can turn into so much more, and I mentioned and alluded to this in the beginning as well, that was just the beginning of my ideas and my journal. And I wanted to, what my intention was, was to break records with coming out of the gate, to be one of the fastest growing, to hit a million dollars in the first year and, and continue going upwards from there and just set records to be an Oprah magazine in the, in the first year, to get best of awards in the first year. That was my intention. And, and intention is a very powerful driving force. And your clarity that comes with your intention, the focus, that it's an energy that propels you. And I wanted to achieve these goals and these milestones, therefore allowing me to uh, use this as a springboard to create an entire lifestyle brand based on innovation, problem-solution products, from accessories to products in your home to um, gadgets that you use in daily life. And that's really where I am now. Uh, that's what you're reading in the licensing deal, working with the same company that did Isaac Mizrahi. So now my brand has really expanded into this entire problem solution product brand as one, as one aspect. The consumer, I always say the consumer products line. Launcher's Cafe came out of my desire and passion for teaching other entrepreneurs how to launch their ideas. Every time someone would read an article about me or they would see me in the news, they would say, hey, you had an idea. You seem like just, you know, you could be my neighbor. Can you please teach me how to do it? And at first I would really help each and every person who emailed or called and eventually got to a point where I couldn't grow my company because I was spending so much time on this. So I had to create a multimedia platform to still get these answers to everybody, but in a way that was understandable and relatable and affordable as well. And one thing that I have that most entrepreneurs, not most entrepreneurs, most people teaching about launching a company or launching a brand, most people only have one aspect of they're experts in intellectual property or they're experts in marketing or they're experts in licensing. I've literally done every single step of the process from taking an idea through the intellectual property process, through getting it to market, both in boutiques to mass retailers, to doing licensing deals, to getting book deals, to do, getting television deals. So across the board, I've been able to, to be a part of every step of the process. And what that gives me is the gift to teach people how to connect the dots. And instead of isolating marketing or isolating sales or isolating intellectual property, how to integrate all the components because that's really what is needed in order to be successful and, and quickly successful. And I believe in um, when you're launching a company that those first few years are so crucial because you're working with limited capital. And the quicker you can refuel your capital yourself, the better your chances are that you're going to have longevity for your company. And those first few years are crucial. They're crucial from a financial standpoint. They're crucial in a media standpoint. They're crucial in a consumer's standpoint. So I really try to teach people how to get up and running and go full speed ahead quickly so that they can be seeing the rewards of all their work in the first few years. So Launcher's Cafe has audio downloads that people can Find out about anything from raising capital to intellectual property to how to build your platform to get a book deal. 
and everything in between. And uh, my favorite part of it is I offer boot camps. So I do groups of boot camps that help people um, really make it more, um, instead of just listening to the audios, make it more pertinent and relative to them and where they are in the stage of the game that they're in. And I had so much fun. I really was just doing a boot, couple boot camps for fun, and it wound up that it's one of my favorite things to be doing. Um, you know, speaking is another one of my favorite things uh, as well to teach people and get them inspired. And um, you know, Launchers Cafe right now is working on some major partnerships with um, some major companies to um, really give other benefits, extended benefits to uh, the different members of the Launchers Cafe community. Jen, we're going to uh, take a break for okay. just a couple of minutes, and we'll be right back. And we'd love to hear more about all the great things you're doing. But I'd like you to think about um, your your role uh, as both an executive and a leader, and what major changes have you seen that, that might influence your hopes for the future of women in business? So we're going to come back to that question. This is Leadership Development News. We're talking to Jen Groover. She's a well-known entrepreneur, so come right back. The bottom line in business, Voice America Business. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and and influence so you and your team perform better. What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? How do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books, and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50 to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Dr. Greenberg, co-author of What Happy Companies Know and What Happy Women Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the happiness equals profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical training for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy herself is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group training, and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch her at the Governor's Conference for Women Nationally and as spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America throughout 2009 for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results. To learn more about adding Kathy and Happy Company's healthy people to your team, visit Kathy at h2cleadership.com. That's h2cleadership.com. Adding fractions is nothing. For real? 
look, these are denominators. You multiply this one so that it's the same as that, and you add them up. Hey, that's easy. Charles Bennett dreamed of returning to the old neighborhood as a teacher, but without money for college, only half of his dream came true. He's back in the old neighborhood. Well, enough math. I got to deliver these sandwiches. Please support the United Negro College Fund. A mind is a terrible thing to waste. A message from the UNCF and the Ad Council. The Internet's only all-business and financial radio network, Voice America Business. You're listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Drs. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions that you're just dying to ask, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. We're talking with Jen Groover. And uh, Kathy keyed us up before the break, Jen. We wanted to go into that question about um, your roles as an executive and a leader. What changes have you seen um, that may most influence your hopes for the future of women in business today? Well, I would have to say my firm belief in the future of business, looking at how, how huge corporations downsize and how entrepreneurs have really um, survived through using social media and viral marketing tactics. Um, I believe that the future of business for at least the next decade is really going to be about significant joint ventures Hmm. to create new products or to create new businesses. When I mean joint ventures, I I don't mean two independent entrepreneurs coming together to promote each other's business. I mean large corporations coming together to, to create a new product or a new service. Um, potentially, the vision could have come from an independent entrepreneur. For example, a friend of mine um, created one of the first bike share companies or the first bike share company for the U.S. And instead of going and starting the company themselves, from scratch, as a lot of times people used to do, they went to Trek for the bikes um, to be part of the joint venture from the bike aspect. They went to Humana from the healthcare standpoint, and then to Crispin Porter for the branding and advertising, and brought the three companies together to create this one company called B-Cycle. Hmm. And, and, and it it's really a formula that I think is going to be big for the future because, like I said in the beginning of that, most people would have started from scratch in the olden thought process. But instead, bringing these three huge companies together pulls resources, number one, and expedites the process of how things can get done. And the beauty of that and how it parlays to women is women think that way all the time. Women are natural-born collaborators and see how to connect the dots, I'd say, um, more than men. Men are definitely more linear thinkers, where women are integrative thinkers and multitaskers. And so I think that this will give women a huge advantage to create these type of joint venture deals 
or to be a part of them in some way, shape, or form. Um, right now, I'm actually doing um, a, a deal that will bring um, one large corporation as the as the, the main pillar, and a lot of other large corporations together um, to create a, a venture that will be beneficial to the small business and mid-sized business owners um, of our country. And I think that, um, you know, women, as far as we've come, we still have ways to go. I'm very fortunate to be in the entrepreneurial world of women um, where everyone's very supportive of each other, at least in my circle um, of people that I come in contact with are very supportive of each other. I think in corporate America, unfortunately, I still see, um, you know, some of the old um, tactics of jealousy and, and, you know, everyone holding each other back. Mm-hmm. I think if women, um, women who do that are doing a disservice to other women and allowing us collectively to go forward and um, really propel to where we can be. And um, I love, you know, when I go out with my entrepreneurial women friends and we bring in, we bring some friends with us from corporate America, how they just sit in awe and say, wow, you guys are so supportive of each other and, and, and really genuinely want to help each other. And that then gives them the inspiration of what they can take back to the corporate environment of how we should be treating each other and how we should be supporting each other. And, and that's very empowering for all of us to be a part of. Um, and then also on the front of, you know, there's still that work home, um, I'm sorry, that work working mom and stay-at-home mom um, struggle. And I, I don't think that's ever going to go away. What I have learned from it and what I believe is the best perspective of it is that we all need to support each other in what our choices are. And the way I see it is, you know, the, the Homer moms allow me to have, be able to do the things that I'm doing professionally because of their support they, and, and their willingness to be the, the stay-at-home mom and their willingness to be the Homer mom. It gives my children opportunities that they might not have without a, a, a homer mom being there to pull it all together. All I ask in return from those women is to support my choices and realizing that what I'm doing is also helping our children, our daughters, to trailblaze for who they can be and the opportunities that they can have for the future and not judge each other, but instead support each other to allow us collectively together to move forward. Now, Jen, you're going to be speaking uh, at the Pennsylvania Governor's Conference for Women. Can you talk a little bit about what what you're going to be speaking about and, and what your focus is at that program? Yes, absolutely. Um, I have, in teaching so many entrepreneurs, and, and I touched on this just a little while ago about when you launch a company, it's not about selling, it's about branding. I have uh, a formula that I've come up with through my own process that really helps entrepreneurs launch their company and go from launching to um, quick success um, by teaching them how to build their platform. No one talks about when, it, when entrepreneurs launch, launch their company, build your platform, build your platform. Um, it's actually something that, unfortunately, entrepreneurs learn later on down the road when they're trying to go get a book deal um, or maybe trying to have a radio show, for example. Um, building your platform is the, 
the number one place to focus, the number one thing to be focusing on because it, help, it gets you all of the other things that you want. It gets you your sales. It gets you your TV show segments. It gets you your book deal. So I te- I'm going to be teaching people how to instantly build their platform. And there's 10 main points of building your platform and integrating those 10 points together every day in your life as an entrepreneur that um, helps you achieve all the different goals that that you have in order to be successful and quickly successful. Like I mentioned earlier, I believe in quick success for people. I don't believe it should be the five to ten year struggle that people talk about it. Um, I think that, you know, in the first three years, you should be really um, putting yourself in a position where you can start to be living, truly living that lifestyle that you want. You know, there's a saying, and I might get the quote, um, not exactly correct, but entrepreneurs um, live often live life um, as many wouldn't, so eventually they can live like most people can't. And that is so true. Um, entrepreneurs see the big picture, and we're willing to put the work and the effort in, but I don't believe the work and effort needs to be five and ten years. Basically, then you just bought yourself a job. <laughs> so I believe it to be um, more rapid and you should start to be living a lifestyle that you really want um, and in a way that you want. And um, for some people, you know, it is, you know, a hobby that could turn into something more fruitful. Um, But really, for most entrepreneurs, they're investing a lot of money to get started, and you want to see that money come back, and you want to start getting that freedom that everyone talks about and working for themselves. So this is going to be, it sounds like the top 10 or 15 tips is going to be what you're going to be speaking about at the conference? Yes, it's the top 10 um, components of building your platform um, to allow you for quick success. And then maybe just for our listeners who don't know what platform means, what, what do you mean by a platform? And then we'll go to a break. Okay. Platform is, is essentially the, the thing that you stand upon as a business owner, your brand, like I said earlier, that attracts sales, attracts you the ability to get onto television or radio, um, getting licensing deals. Your platform is everything that you do every day that gets more people on your email list, that gets you um, more followers on Twitter and Facebook. Your platform is how many people show up when you speak so that uh, a publishing house would feel like every time you showed up to speak, you could sell books because you have a platform. You have... Um, and it, you have a, you've a built-in audience that people are going to be coming to, to see you, to be buying your books. Um, if you had a radio show, they're going to be listening to your radio show. A platform is the thing in which your brand stands on to attract sell-through and, uh, on all different mediums, whether the sell-through is your book, whether the sell-through is uh, viewers on a TV show or listeners on a radio show or followers um, through your social media venues, all the different things that you, um, all the different ways you connect with people, and the more outreach you have, the better. Okay, that's great. Well, thanks. We're going to go to our last break, and we'll be back in just a moment with Jen Gruber, the Leadership Development News. The bottom line in business, Voice America Business. 
Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and influence so you and your team perform better? What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? How do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books, and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50 to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Dr. Greenberg, co-author of What Happy Companies Know and What Happy Women Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the happiness equals profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical training for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy herself is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group training, and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch her at the Governor's Conference for Women Nationally and as spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America throughout 2009 for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results. To learn more about adding Kathy and Happy Company's healthy people to your team, visit Kathy at h2cleadership.com. That's h2cleadership.com. Dad, let's sing that bedtime song. Rockabye baby by Newton's treetop. His first law of motion makes sure you won't stop. The same rules of physics apply to a ball. While gravity is a force that makes things fall. By the sixth grade, many girls lose interest in math and science. But it's never too early to set your daughter's future in motion. For some simple ideas, go to girlsgotech.org. A public service announcement brought to you by Girl Scouts of USA and Ad Council. The Internet's only all-business and financial radio network, Voice America Business. You're listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Drs. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions that you're just dying to ask, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. We've been speaking to Jen Groover. She's an entrepreneur, and she also is an author. Jen, you have a new book coming out called What If and Why Not. Can you talk to us a little bit about why you're writing this book and what's your message? Absolutely. Um, As I launched my Butler Bag Company, I mentioned I knew nothing about the industry. And and in many ways, ignorance can be bliss um, because it, it doesn't limit 
what your pro- your thought process is of what's possible. Um, so I often try to learn just enough about each industry that I enter, but not so much that it, be, it that it limits my thought process. So when I launched, I was um, going to meet with a lot of people who were in the industry for decades and who had much success in the industry, and they would all say to me, this isn't going to work, women don't want this, we've tried this before, it never worked, and women don't want function, they just want fashion. And I would always try and prove my point. I would defend why they did want it and why it would be successful and what, what could be benefit from, what benefited from it. And in that, then, of course, the person across the table would feel like they needed to defend their thought process. So finally, in one meeting, I finally had said to this man, what if it does work? Let's just entertain that thought for a second. What if it does work? And you had a chance to be a part of it, and you walked away. Because what we're conditioned in our society is to tell people why everything won't work. We're not conditioned to teach people the possibilities. What if it does work? And when I had said that, it instantly changed the power exchange at that table. It instantly put me in the power position, but it made the person across the table feel like they were in the power position And it also made them feel like, what if she's right, and I do walk away, and it's a multi-million dollar success, and I had a chance to be a part of it. So it really changed everything. Um, Later on, I wound up doing business with with this gentleman. Um, But I really reflected on that, and I started to use that in a lot of my pitch meetings. But I also realized the biggest what if for all of us, usually happen, has to happen within ourselves first. Usually the first roadblocks happen within ourselves. We're usually the ones that say, what if it fails first, before other people do. Once you can get past your own personal roadblocks and you have empowered yourself past those personal roadblocks, it makes going out into the world and telling the world why your idea will, will work so much easier. And... Um, so what if and why not? It's, it's all about teaching people this reset process of anytime you're thinking a negative thought, how to turn it around to a positive possibility thought. And so it teaches people the process of launching a company and all the fears that come up through that and how to hit the reset button on the psychology of going from fear-based to possibility-based. And... Um, it's something that I talk about a lot when I speak, and everyone will come up to me always and say, you know, that's so true. I stopped myself before anyone else had a chance to stop my, to stop me. And I also have a mantra that I live by that I had come up with in stopping myself with my own fears. I had a tremendous fear of failure, um, and it was the way I was raised, and, and it was partly innate of who I was. I never wanted to fail, and I'd rather not do something than try and fail. And I'd watched other people's products come to life, product ideas that I I had had come to life and become successful. And I would think, those were my ideas. I had those ideas, but that person had the courage to move forward with the idea. I didn't. And I literally was, which is kind of ironic and funny, I was literally sitting on my front porch on my rocking chair, I kid you not, <laughs> the proverbial rocking chair and the real rocking chair. And I said to myself, I'm going to have more fear of regret 
than I have of failure. And so it's become a mantra that I live by and that set me free, truly set me free, is I have more fear of regret than I have of failure. Because regret is something that can just stay with you and eat at you, where at least if you, you fail or quote-unquote fail, I just see it as you maybe didn't meet your goals as you expected, you're learning in a process and a journey that you're never the same person again. And so um, what if and why not is really about that having more fear of regret than failure and looking to the possibilities of everything around you versus the ability to fail around you or not succeed. Well, Jen, that sounds that sounds fascinating, and I think you're picking up on a lot of things that, in the uh, leadership world, the type of question they call appreciative inquiry. Inquiry, you know, how do you ask questions that are going to be positive and, and in a sense, they've shown it can change the, change the brain chemistry. So just asking that question, you know, what if what if this did work, and would you would you you know regret not being a part of this, and just that what if opens up this whole part of possibility. So it's fascinating hearing what you're saying, and I'm sure you're, you're probably going to have some good tips and strategies in your book. Yes. The, the book is really to give people strategies that really retrain your brain, retrain your thought process from what we were taught in school, starting with the red ink on your test paper. So uh, one of the things that um, I know you have talked about a little bit and I know Aurelia and I are interested in hearing more about, is dealing with adversity in, in these trying financial times and dealing with being uh, someone who's creative and has an entrepreneurial spirit. How do you handle uh, adversity in, in this kind of an environment? Well, I find adversity, um, especially in this environment, to be um, something that you can let get you down or look at at every moment in the process and say, what am I supposed to be learning right now? What knowledge and insight am I supposed to be gaining? And the quicker you figure that out, the uh, faster you are able to move forward and grow from it and, and, and not let it get you down. And it's going back to the What If and Why Not book, too, it's about resetting your mindset. The more negativity that you hold on to in any situation that's adversity, the more negativity, I believe, is attracted to your world. And you know, that definitely comes back into, you know, secret principles, but um, I do believe it. And, you know, I had probably one of the hardest professional weeks of my career last week, just last week. And coming out of it on Friday, I just felt beat up. And I used the weekend just to really take time to reflect on what had happened and why it had happened and what I could learn from it and what I could change and grow from it. Instead of being a martyr to it or being a victim to it, I was empowered by it and was determined last night before I went to bed to wake up with a new perspective, new clarity, and new purpose and intentions. And, you know, my day-to-day has been amazing. And um, I, I feel like adversity is something that makes you stronger it's something that, um, and, and for some people, it knocks them down. Um, and it's always about who's the last one to get up. And without adversity, you miss the opportunity for transformation and clarity. And really, being an entrepreneur is not about business. It's about constant self-transformation. 
And you can only grow and change through adversity. And so what would you say, and I know we just have probably just a couple more minutes, so what? So as far as dealing with adversity, one of the things that you're saying is dealing with changing the mindset, and there's a lot of questions and things that, that people can do that. Mm-hmm. Um, seeing it as a challenge, what else would you say to deal with adversity? Well, I'd say it's, it's um, identifying the mistakes uh, mm-hmm. that you've made. Um, always, you know, there's, there's always different perceptions of faults to any situation. I think the best justice that you can do yourself um, as an entrepreneur is to be willing to take um, responsibility for mistakes and shortcomings. Mm-hmm. We're not perfect. We're not expected to be perfect. Um, we put probably the most pressure on ourselves. Yeah. Um, so really learning to take responsibility for mistakes and saying, okay, that was my mistake and I'm going to learn from it and I'm going to grow from it. Um, it's rushing it to parties involved, if need be. Um, and it's about really taking time for reflection. I'm, I mean, like I would mentioned, I took the weekend, and I really int- had the intention to reflect on what went wrong and how I could make it different or better. Well, so what I'm hearing it also is the quality that you did that, and I think for a lot of people, we, can, we reflect and we end up beating ourselves up and what you're doing, and I think it is a great uh, turning tip for people, is if you turn it into a learning, what could I learn, what would I do different, how could I make this happen better, it gets you off that whole focus of being on the pity pot or beating yourself up. Absolutely. And it's also about having intention. Um, mm-hmm. The Power of Intention, by the way, is one of my favorite favorite books um, with Wayne Dyer. And um, I think it's crucial for for every entrepreneur to read because that's what we're doing. I mean, if we're owning a business and we're risking what we're risking, we have a a purpose and an intention, but we have to be clear of what that is and and it often constantly evolves. So it's about coming back to reflect on, okay, what is my purpose now? What's my intention right now? And my intention on the beginning of the weekend was to say, what can I learn from this? How can I grow from this? And, as entrepreneurs, sometimes we get so caught up in our being busy world mm-hmm. that we forget some of the most crucial time that we can be a better business person and be more lucrative and more productive is when we give ourselves permission to take that quiet time and the time off to refocus, get centered again, and and also even get creative. I mean, it's hard to be creative when you're stuck in the daily minutia, but creativity is usually our one of our biggest assets as entrepreneurs, the vision. So really giving yourself permission to walk away, take a day at the beach if you have to. Even if you have a to-do list beyond to-do list, you will be more uh, doing a better service to yourself and your company in those situations where you're so frustrated and just maybe upset or angry or um, stressed out to walk away and come back refocused and reengaged with a different perspective. So, Jen, how, how can people reach you after this particular show? Uh, they can go to jengroover.com um, or launcherscafe.com, um, jennifer at jengroover.com. Um, they could also send me an email. Um, and also, um, butlerbag.com is where my handbags are as well. So um, there's a bunch of different sites to visit, 
to find out more about what we're doing and, um, you know, when our next boot camp is um, that we're starting as well. Well, Jen, this has been fascinating. So we really appreciate you uh, taking the time and, and just sharing uh, some of your worldly insights. And I think just a uh, connecting the dots, you used that term a couple times, you really have integrated a lot of the different key learnings that are out there and providing it uh, for your business, but really helping us get a little glimpse of that. So we thank you very much for that. It's been great. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's been my pleasure. And I think we're at the end of our hour, and this has been uh, Leadership Development News. Thank you very much for tuning in and tuning in again next week and hear some more uh, exciting top performers. Thanks a lot. Take care. You've been listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Drs. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We sincerely hope that you're leaving us today with some great ideas and inspiration from today's top leaders. Join us again next Monday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time right here on the Voice America Business Channel.